Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube. You'll find the links in the podcast description. I've also got four other podcasts, The Awakening Podcast, Exposing Fraud and Corruption, but with Solutions, Meditation Podcast to help you chill, Learn Polish to help you learn Polish, obviously, and the Crypto Podcast to talk about blockchain technology and NFTs. I'm also a podcasting coach. You'll find everything on buyer.link forward slash podcaster. Today, my guest, I'm actually looking forward to this because I've actually seen him speak. Fantastic speaker. Please welcome Jill Peterson. And you're basically master mind and network expert and you're a life and business coach. But you're basically as an well, international as well, speaker. As well. I, 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 I try to be as much as I can these days living in Bali and, you know, public speaking has come into my life because of my mentors. And public speaking is something that has given me uh, confidence to become an entrepreneur a lot more and public speaking gave me confidence to walk up to women and now I married to a beautiful one and really today the way I look at myself is not just a speaker and a coach but I'm a very active philanthropist uh, I've been a serial entrepreneur for a lot of years I see myself as a long life student especially of human networking a topic that I've loved studying the arts and sciences of uh, because I'm such a good student I've learned to become a teacher and a professor at many schools and universities around the world, but I mostly see myself as a great mentor to entrepreneurs who are taking their speaking career and coaching career to the next level. Excellent. So I'd like to know your speaking journey because you're international speaker, but how did it all begin for you? Well, it, it all really began at an earlier age where speaking was uh, one of my biggest fears. So I've thrown up and fainted on multiple occasions as a young student needing to give a speech in front of his class. And I grew up understanding that speaking was not my thing, but society pushed me to do it. It pushed me to say a toast at someone's birthday or someone's wedding. And it pushed me to speak in front of a classroom of people and it pushed me to do that and for me it's always been a fear it's always been sickness it's always been a challenge and it was really interesting as I was slowly slowly stepping out of my comfort zone and I was stepping out of the program I've been given as an introvert and the program that I've been given as an immigrant since the age of 10 I understood that there's a way to reprogram myself and it's really only in my early 30s when I was asked to speak about networking in Moscow, where I was living at the time in Russia, I was asked to speak in front of a group of university students. And I was like, well, I'm not really a speaker. I'm not really a teacher. And I have no idea how to teach networking. And, and one of the deans at the university said to me, well, the, our students tell us that you are great at what you do. Please come and teach. And I remember it was the first time ever I put together a presentation about networking. And I stood in front of a group and I understood that, hey, I'm not being paid to do this. I don't know these people. They're not my friends. Whether I mess up or not doesn't really matter. And suddenly this thoughts that came into my head neutralized how I felt about having to deliver a great speech. And I said, you know what? Let me just talk to people like they were my friends. Let me feel comfortable in this situation. And let me not present to them, but let me just share with them some of my life stories and hacks and, and being resourceful when it comes to networking. And it became a speech. And, you know, since then, that specific university asked me to do it for about five years. 
they ask me to do it again and again and again, and I've done it, you know, hundreds of times, different universities around the world. And what I've learned during that journey is that public speaking, for me at least, was very much a simple muscle that was very weak at a young age. And every time I was using it, I felt sick. But the more I used it, the more fun it became. And then I built relationships with people like Tony Robbins and Eckhart Tolle and Jay Abraham and, and you know, Brian Tracy. And I built deep relationships with a lot of these people. Someone like Keith Ferrazzi, I can call a friend today, who's been, you know, historically one of my biggest gurus and mentors today. He's coming to my house for dinner tomorrow here in Bali. And what I've learned is that one, it's a muscle, just work it out. And two, you want to become great at this, surround yourself with great speakers all the time. And I made that a part of my life mission to just surround myself with amazing people who love speaking and model them and help them and serve them. And that's how I kind of think I became who I am today. No, oh, beautiful. Love it. And I love your style because I mean, I've, I've obviously seen you live speaking at an AFS or a Mind Valley event. I think it was AFS that uh, you were speaking at. And like internationally, then you've spoke at lots of countries and you've you've lived in a few different countries how do you kind of change what you're doing because you speak very like from the heart i believe i i see some speakers and they're scripted and you just know it i mean they do the exact same speech from looking at you i know that's not the way that you operate you're really connecting the whole time and i'd say on a coffee you can change but when you've spoke all around the world what have you learned that you kind of have to change to connect with the different kind of continents or countries it's such a beautiful question you're asking because it's actually a very deep question to me that if we take it even deeper for one step, it actually comes down to, hey, as a speaker, I'm on stage and what I'm actually trying to do is just connect with people. And the fact that my topic, what I speak about a lot is human networking and building communities, you know, flourishing relationships, attracting mentors, investors or board members to companies, whatever it really is, it's how do we connect with humans? So for me, as you said, 100%, you know, I am not able to script a speech and do it. I, I, I've tried. I'm really bad at it. I can't rehearse. I can't practice. I can't. It just doesn't work. I need to do it differently every time. I need to come up with different stories. I need to go in flow. I need to just have a, sometimes it's just a deep download. I feel like this is something I need to share with this audience specifically in that country today. And what I've learned, first of all, a few things. First of all, when I show up to a country that I've never been there before, I try to, first of all, pick up a few words in the language. I try to understand from the locals what's going on this month in this country. Like, what's going on? You know, like a big football game just has, has happened. Maybe elections just took place. Tell me some current affairs. What's going on? I also want to make sure to sometimes ask some local ambassadors or someone that I know, hey, is there anything that I should not do or should not say? Is there anything like that, you know? slap on the hand don't do that you know, I, had a, I had a very funny slide on one of my uh, networking um, presentations that showed two people a men and women who were not fully dressed they still had underwear on full you know but they were not fully dressed and there was a story behind it but showing that slide in a muslim country got me into trouble so little things like that, that I kind of, you know, hey, I didn't think about that. It's so true. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Or, for example, when I showed up in some countries, I showed up in Dubai and I was speaking about world famous introverts. 
and I was sharing introvert stories. Look, these are very famous people and hey, what puts them in common? And they're all introverts and you'd never know. When I was in Dubai, I knew that some of the very famous people that are introverts, but I didn't, at this stage, I'm quite knowledgeable. I didn't just put their picture out there. I sent a message to their team and I asked them, hey, this is a very famous person in this country. I don't want to tell the whole world that they're an introvert. Is it okay if I do that? I asked for permission to do that because most Western people, they've written in their books. They're very open about it. I'm an introvert. It's all good. You know, presidents of countries, world-renowned celebrities, introverts, you know. But in some countries, you don't want to point at someone mentioning what they might think is a weakness. I think introverts are, it's a superpower that I have. But I asked for permission to do that. Same thing with some languages. I showed up at an event in Kazakhstan and I was speaking there with, with translation. So everybody had a little headset and they were listening to me. And I said a joke and suddenly you only hear like a fraction of the room laughing. And then 10 seconds later, you hear the rest of the room laughing. And that's something that with some speakers, some speakers could take it personally. Like oh, it, it could take them off balance. Like, wow. I'm not connecting with the audience, you know, like this is bad. I said something funny. I'm looking for interaction here. I'm looking to connect and I got no reaction. And like they, some, some speakers would turn red. They would become, you know, they, their body language would change completely. I've learned to speak in a way where I know there is translation going on, to speak in a way where I pause before I say something funny and then I'll say something funny knowing that the translator will be able to catch up with me and then everyone is laughing at the same time. So sometimes when you work in different countries, depending on the culture or the language barriers, you need to watch the tonality of your voice. You need to watch the speed of your voice. I speak quite quickly. In most cases, I always ask people, you know, how fast do you think you speak in one minute? How many words do you say? Average human being could say 130 to 150 words. My average minute is 200 words. But of course, when I'm speaking in Singapore, for example, and I have a lot of people around me that speak English, but I have people from 50 different countries around me where I know English is not their first language, I'll make a very, very mindful push for myself, slow down, have slides with less words, um, show a couple of videos that are more interactive, give people a time to observe and write down. So my exercises, my games might be a little bit different. And I've spoken in like 50 different countries in the world. Most of my speeches, funny enough, were actually in Russian speaking countries because I came out of the, the, the speaker closet. You know, I became a famous speaker, I would say, while living in Russia. In Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, you know, Belarus, I became very famous there, even though I don't speak the language. Uh, I speak it today very badly, but I, the speeches were still done in English. And in recent years, and this is something I'd suggest to all the speakers who are listening, push yourselves to step out of your comfort zones. Push yourselves to step into new countries that will challenge you. But what's cool that I discovered, you can become a very famous speaker very quickly in a new country because you're different. And that's, I like that part of it. I like now challenging myself to make it more difficult, to go to a place where I don't know the culture, I don't know language, and how can I then connect with them in the best way? Fantastic advice. Excellent. Love it. 
So I know that with Tony Robbins, because I, I, I was while I was doing the research, I believe that he actually goes to Russia to your events, and it's like one, some massive event that you've uh, organized there. So Tony, Tony and I have a very, very beautiful history together. I, I've been looking at him as a mentor since the age of eighteen. I'm now forty-three years old, and the age of eighteen, I did something a little bit illegal. I bought his CDs online. I, I copied them and I sent them back for a full money back guarantee. Now, back then, that's what they said on the commercial. If you don't like it within 30 days, return it back to us. We'll give you all your money back. Now, back then, I didn't have 500 extra dollars. But what was interesting for over 10 years, I listened to him many, 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 many times. And then when I was 33, I was living in Moscow at the time. I had a girlfriend at the time. Today, she's my wife. We found it very difficult to step up to the next level in life. We had some levels of success. We had businesses, an events company, a speed dating company, a dessert company, all these different businesses around us. But like, it's like we reached our ceiling. Like We're like, hey, what's the next level? And one of my friends says, hey, find yourself a coach. Go to Tony Robbins. I'm like, wow, why have I not thought about it? Like, I haven't even thought about Tony. And I check out the, the prices. And we were living in Moscow. Check out the prices in London. I'm like, oh, my God. $1,000 each to go to, to go to the ticket as well. Hotel, flights, all that. I, I need like $10,000. Hey, like, I don't have an extra $10,000. i am a young entrepreneur. I have some success. I don't have an extra $10,000 there. And that's really where my real business journey with Tony happens, where through networking, really proactive and, and persistent networking, I managed to connect with someone from one of his promoters, from Success Resources. And long story short, they allowed me to become a promoter. And they said, if you bring 20 people with you, you can come for free. And I was like, wow, heck, you bring 20 people to this event, I can come for free. And then I calculated with my wife and I said, hey, if we bring 25 people, we can make enough commission to pay for our flights, our hotel, and all the, the, the whole cost. Suddenly, if I bring 25 people to this event, I can go completely for free. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I'm thinking about this as an entrepreneur. So I'm thinking... I don't know anything about the tourism business. I don't know how to promote Tony Robbins. I've never taken a group to another country. How the hell am I going to do this? So this is when things became fun. I just hacked my way through it. I started just networking with people, finding out how people do this, blah, 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 blah. And within three months, we gathered 25 people. We actually gathered 27, but two canceled in the last minute. 25 people came with us. That event completely changed my life with my wife. Again, now she's my wife. Completely changed our lives. That event, we committed to 200 tickets for the year after. So we actually put money down for 200 more tickets for the year after. Three years after that, um, which was, this was 2013, so three years after that, in 2016, we were already bringing over 1,000 people to his event, every single event. In 2018, um, I brought over 3,000 people to his different events. And at the beginning of 2018, in a deep conversation with Tony, I got him to agree to commit to come into an event six months later in Moscow. Six months. We had six months to promote him. Usually people have a year. And six months later, we had, not, I knew it myself, we had partnerships. And it was really a, a team and collaborative effort. Amazing how people came together. Even the Moscow government and Moscow came together to support us. 26,000 people. No single event has ever been done in the history of, of, of Moscow for one single human being. It was really a unique experience for me. I was very, very proud to have been on stage to welcome Tony Robbins to a country that is not my country, but I've been there for many years 
Russia has given me many, many gifts. I've supported people there. People supported me. And it was a blessing. And I remember at the end of that year, uh, Tony uh, invited me to his house. I was the first promoter ever to be invited to his home for a one-on-one -on -one discussion with him. That was a great moment. But that journey with Tony opened up many doors. You know, that, that Being able to do what we did with Tony was not a walk in the park, but it opened up doors to meeting amazing, building relationships with like Jay Abraham and Robert Kiyosaki, Eckhart Tolle, if you know, like a spiritual guru, building a relation with Eckhart Tolle is like a gift. Oh my God. And we've set up speaker bureau in, in different Russian speaking countries. And it gave me an ability to serve and to just give back to all the speakers that I look up to. I just wanted to help them out. I was not like, hey, I'm not even doing it for money, guys. I love this. You're my teachers. I'm, I'm only doing this to help you. But hey, I'm actually helping everyone else. And oh my God, we're making a million dollars a month. And oh my God, we're changing lives. And suddenly it became more than just me as a speaker. It became, hey, I'm helping change the world with more than just my voice. No, love it. Love it. Excellent. So I know I've, I've watched some of the different videos that you've done. And one of the ones you mentioned about the business cards, because it's something I always do. I always make kind of quirky business cards that people won't throw them out. But I see that most people now, they believe, they just think you connect your phone. But I think it was in Dubai that the event that I was watching, but it, it was like a room where you can have your cards. And I know that still kind of exists. It's kind of a bit crazy times for the last two years. But the way you described the advantages of having a business card, you might just let the listeners, because some people think they don't need them anymore. Yeah, you know, it, it's such a cool, it, it's almost an old style, old school question. But you know what? Some cultures need it. Let me give you an example. Yeah, for many years, people were telling me that's it, Gil. I'm a young entrepreneur. I'm saving the environment. I don't need a business card. Or, hey, we can exchange business cards by, via the apps. And, hey, let me just give me my WhatsApp number and that's it. And, yeah, that works in most cases. Today, I have a digital NFC card. I, I touch that card on your phone and you get my whole business card on it. You know, you don't have to enter it yourself. There's a lot of ways of using technology. You can scan a QR code on my phone and, boom, you got my business card right there. However... However, just let's look at recent events. Recent events. Let me give you two examples of recent events in my life where a business card had to be printed in the hundreds in order for me to be able to connect. Number one event, Davos, the World Economic Forum. I was there, and this year they had it in May in, in Switzerland. There's a lot of old school people, family offices, you know, different royal families, presidents of countries, people who will not give you their WhatsApp number, people who are not technologically as advanced as you are, people who will give you a business card, and if you don't give them one back, it's not, you're, not, you're not trying to play with them at their game. Play with them at their game. They give you a business card, give them one back. You know What you do with the business card, it's up to you. Like I take a picture of the business card right away, send it to my team and leave them a three- uh, you know, a 30 seconds to a one minute voice message on what to do with that business card. Now, they already know what to do, but I can give them a script of what to write to that person on my behalf. I can give them a script of why to connect with them further. What follow up do we have with them? I could tell my team, this is the action plan with this business card. My team already has systems and procedures of what to do with business cards because I've automated the way we engage with business cards. World Economic Forum, really important event. The other one was the G20. 
G20 and the B20, the O20 just took place last month here in Bali. Here in Bali, my backyard, I had all the key presidents of the world show up. I had key ministers, I had billionaires showing up. Unfortunately, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos didn't show up. They canceled last minute. I was a little bit disappointed. They showed up on video. It was really, really cool. Check out Elon Musk's video. It was the funniest thing ever. Um, but I was ready to network with different people with different levels. Here in Indonesia, people like business cards. People really like them, especially the high-level business professionals who are multimillionaires. And they don't want to give you their They don't even take out their phone, which I love. Some of the old school people leave their phones in their pocket. Imagine the power of not being constantly distracted by your phone and pop-ups. Imagine the phone being in your bag or in your pocket, and all you're doing is you're exchanging information with people and maybe making some notes on a business card. It's a very, very powerful way to do that. So do I believe business cards are necessary? A hundred percent. In China, they're called name cards. I, just because you work for a company, let's just say you work for KPMG or IBM, whatever doesn't mean that you should only have one business card. You can have another business card that's completely black with gold writing, just your name, phone number, and email address. That's it. And in the back, it says speaker, MC, you know, master of ceremonies. Boom. Okay. The fact that you work for IBM for the last 10 years doesn't mean you only need to give the IBM business card. And this is something I helped my brother do because he was actually working for IBM for 20 years. And he really wanted to become an entrepreneur on the side. And I said, just create a different business card for you as an entrepreneur. And people don't need to know that you work for IBM because you're in a senior position. You don't need to make people feel like you're a corporate guy. Hey, you're wearing jeans and a shirt. You're walking into an event. People can know that you're a cool entrepreneur. So I think it's a really great option for people to have one or two business cards. Don't make the mistake I did in my early 20s. I literally had three to five different business cards in my pocket at any given time because I was a shareholder of multiple companies. I was employee in one company and I placed them in my pocket in a specific way that I knew how to reach out and give them the right card. Don't make that mistake. And also a little tip about business cards, ladies and gentlemen, please don't put your business card and my business card in the same pocket. It's the biggest mistake people do when they want to give me a card and they take out these pile of cards of many, many other people and they flip through them looking for one of their cards to give me, I think it's awful. I think it's disrespectful. Yeah, maybe you think you're showing me that you're cool and you've connected with a lot of people. It doesn't make me feel special that moment. So I keep all my business cards in my right pocket, jacket pocket, and I keep your business card in my left pocket. So when I take out only one card, when I meet you, I'll only take out one card and hand it to you with two hands in most cases, like they have been taught in Asia out of respect. And I will take your cards with two, two hands as well out of respect. I will observe the card. I've, I've learned a lot about the business card and name card traditions in Asia, especially. But business card, it's needed. It's not a must. Have it when you go to the right events. Excellent. Excellent. So I know you're doing like the masterminds, but I also see master hearts. What's, what's the master hearts about? Yeah, beautiful question. Thank you for asking. I know most podcasts don't go to that level. It's a very deep level. It's not, most people are not ready for that. Most people ask me about masterminds because for the last seven years, I've been launching masterminds all over the world. And my biggest passion has been to help others launch masterminds. So I've helped Tony Robbins Platinum Group 
launch masterminds there. I've done masterminds with Jay Abraham. I've launched masterminds for governments and corporations. And I've helped probably over 100 entrepreneurs and business clubs create masterminds for themselves. Because I think that most speakers need a mastermind. They to join one or two masterminds, they need to have their own mastermind. And it's a must. And if you're out there listening and you need one, please write me and ask me for some help. It's kind of a must to join one in and launch one. Master hearts are a little bit different. So in my masterminds, what I've done over the years, because I've been studying the arts and sciences of human networking, I've gone very, very deep into the potential. How would humans one day surpass AI? And it's, it, it's, it's studies that I've been doing for a lot of years. I believe that one day I'll be able to have a proper PhD on it. Not that I need the, 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 the degree or the diploma. I don't have any of those. But I'm actually really, truly interested in studying the correlation between time and networking. Uh, and, 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 and if we're able to master both, because as humans, we're pretty bad in both. Pretty bad. Majority of humans are pretty bad at networking. They're pretty bad at time management. And if we're able to master both, then this is where masterminds can become really active because what you're doing is you're unleashing the collective genius. You're allowing a group of people to come together and, and serve each other. And the master heart, what I have understood, especially when facilitating a lot of other people's masterminds, these days, I don't need to launch so many masterminds myself. I get invited to other people's masterminds as an expert or as a facilitator. I bring in algorithms. I literally use numbers one, two, and three is algorithms to create harmony within a group of people connected. Let me give you an example of what I'm doing tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, I have six people showing at my house for dinner. It's a master heart dinner. One of them is Keith Farazi, who many of you would know. He's been a massive role model for me for many, many years. And he's showing up to Bali tomorrow afternoon. And I am the first place he's visiting outside of his hotel. Huge, huge like honor for me. And just between you and I, between you guys, you know, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to have such a big role model of mine. Oh my God, showing up in my house. Oh my God, you know, I want to make sure the food is right and everything is right. And one of the greatest gifts that I can offer these people who are coming in is to let them connect in harmony. And master heart is a way to bring harmony into any discussion, any circle of people connecting, a way to create a master heart opportunity between two loved ones for example, if you wanted to have a master heart session with your wife, yeah, or with your business partner, one-on-one -on -one with someone very important in your life, a parent, a kid, a wife, a husband, very a business partner, very important. The way a master heart would work, it would say, let's agree to time. 30 minutes or an hour is a good time frame. Let's agree. Let's agree that we don't disconnect. So our hearts are near each other. Our hearts are facing each other, ideally, like, you and I right now, we have our hearts facing each other, even though we're very far. I'm not facing this way. I'm facing you. And let's agree that for the next 30 minutes or one hour, we don't leave. I don't go to the bathroom suddenly. I don't go to get a drink. We do that before. Let's agree that there is nothing that will disturb us. So we're not doing this in a busy restaurant or in a busy cafe with lots of kids around. Let's do this somewhere we have privacy for 30 minutes. Pretty simple thing to do, right? Especially if you want to master your heart. And this is one example. I'll give you one formula, one algorithm that I highly recommend. I challenge you specifically to do maybe today, tomorrow with your loved ones, a business partner. Three minutes to you, three minutes to me, three minutes to you, three minutes to me. Now, this is with a timer. So we have a phone next to us that's going time down. 
the phone is on air mode, so there's no pop-ups. And ideally, you have a piece of paper in front of both of you, and you can write down some notes. Now, if you do this, you will wipe me in tears tomorrow. Because if you allow someone three minutes to speak, and they see a timer in front of them, and you will guarantee not interrupt them, you're not allowed to interrupt them, it's their three minutes, you cannot interrupt them, and it's not a conversation, and it's not a debate, and it's not a dialogue, and it's not a fight, and it's not an argument, it's a sharing session. And you could say, let's have a sharing session about our values in the family. Let's have a sharing session about the way we raise our kids. Let's have a sharing session about the way we spend money. Let's have a sharing session about the way we see the future of our company. Let's have a sharing session about the way I was raised as a kid. And if you go three minutes back and forth, you are creating harmony within time because time equal emotion because sometimes time one minute can feel like a split second and sometimes one minute feels like such a long time time is not something most of us understand i don't still fully understand but i've understood that if we learn to use time which in the beginning would feel very awkward to people like what I'm going to open up my heart by having a timer in front of me. What is, what is this? Why is it so strict, Gil? Why, why is it one minute, two minutes, three minutes? Why are you creating these rules? It's very interesting. Games, fun games, all have rules. But who came up with the rules for conversation? Who came up with the rules for networking? Who came up with the rules for having an argument or a fight with our wives? No one. And I think that that is completely messed up. And there's too many books about it. And there's too many therapists about it. And there's too many divorces. Now, this is a very simple algorithm. The one of three minutes is the one that you can choose to use. You can use different algorithms depending on the settings, how many people, what is the topic, what is the reason, one, two, and three are being used in different ways. But if you do this, you will see what a master heart session is. Now, and specifically with the dinner that I have tomorrow evening, I will activate one and two minutes. I will not go to three minutes because if we're eight people, three minutes per person will end up being a lot. By doing one minute each and saying something, instead of just saying, hey, introduce yourself, tell us something that your mom would be very proud of you for have achieved until today. Take one minute exactly on a timer to do that. And no one interrupt you and no one comments for eight minutes. And then let's do another one minute of sharing what sort of superpowers do you believe you have and you wish more people have? Everybody gets one minute. Or what sort of, what's the most exciting passion project you have right now in your hands that you wish you had more help with and what kind of help do you need? Everyone take two minutes. And if you calculate the fact that I will give you a total of maybe five minutes to speak, in total, you will speak for five or six, five or six minutes in total during a multiple hour dinner, you will be guaranteed to have such a deep connection, full open-hearted conversation, but it's not a conversation. I've changed the algorithms. I've hacked the whole system. So master hearts is just a different way of mastering the power of our heart that we know so little about. It's only in recent years that they found brain cells in the heart. Our heart can think. They, when they did the heart transplants for humans, they, that, that human with a new heart remembered things from the other human. The heart is something we don't understand. And I believe that in networking and in public speaking and in coaching and in the world of engaging people and getting our message to more people, 
we must learn how to master our hearts, but also facilitate others. And I am a master facilitating and others opening up their hearts to each other. Excellent. Uh, yes, definitely something that I will try. I think is uh, amazing, and I, t- I I encourage all the listeners to try that because you know you can even just hear from from what you said how deep the come well not conversation but the information which in turn I believe the paper is because something that you don't forget that later you can go even deeper with the person. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You so- always have an option to follow up. The master heart is not there to to finalize a conversation or to end an argument. Master heart is to open each other up to people around us even more than we already are. Brilliant. And just just finally, because at at networking events, the typical thing that people do, which I don't do myself, but I know that. So what do you do? And that's their way of getting into a conversation. What would you kind of advise better questions to ask or how to engage with people better instead of that kind of typical question that the majority of people use yeah you know opening questions is definitely one of the most sought after question i get at least you know people want to know what gil what's the best icebreakers or how do i start conversation how do i what's an engaging question or you know sometimes it's funny but these days i get a lot of gil how do i end conversations it's just so important and something that i tell my clients and i'll tell you guys the same thing because my clients come to me when they want to change a strategy for life when they want to have a better strategy for their business, when they want to go global, hey, Gil, I'm currently doing business in this country. I want to enter another country. I want to move my family to another country. And basically what we all want is a soft landing. And my my clients are sometimes just a young speaker, an entrepreneur who just wants to something new in life. It doesn't have to be a multimillionaire. Yeah, some of my clients are very, very big, very successful people, but not all because I like having humans that want to challenge themselves. So what I tell people is consider networking as a misunderstanding that we've been given to each other. What is networking? Networking is not just a set of tools of how to achieve your goals. It could be. Yeah, it's a set of tools on how to achieve your goals for sure. But networking for me is a set of habits. It's a set of habits that you can learn to master. Now, for me personally, And I've been on covers of many, many magazines as a networking guru in the world, but I don't see myself as a networking guru because on my best day of networking, I would rank myself a six, maybe a 6.5 out of 10, which means most people that I meet in life, they are maybe a one or two out of 10. But the fact they think they are a seven, eight or nine out of 10, that is what's holding them back. So first of all, I tell people, it's not about the opening line, but it's the mindset that you come into the event with. Are you coming into this event ready to sell to everyone? Are you coming to this event ready to serve and introduce yourself to great people, showing them what sort of a great human being you are? Are you coming to this event to tell people your story? Or are you coming to this event curious to know other people's stories? Are you coming to this event ready to pitch your startup because you're looking to raise money? Why are you coming to this event interested to meet amazing people who can inspire you so first of all the mindset is so much more important than that first words that come out of your mouth because people can feel that people will feel your vibrations they'll feel your vibe they'll feel what kind of a mood you're in which is a whole different topic of conversation for another time and if any of you want to know what are those steps you should do before walking into an event 
talk to me about that. Write me on LinkedIn, write me on Instagram, write me and ask me, what are those top three, four steps you should do before starting to network? And it's so easy and powerful, but it's a part of the formula of being a networking master, which I'm learning to be. That's why I call myself a networking mastery coach because I'm not yet a master. I am learning. I'm learning what is that mastery of human networking, which is so deep beyond most people's understanding. That's complex. What I tell them, instead of saying, what do you do? Can you not say, hey, tell me your story or what's your story? Instead of saying, what do you do? Can you ask them, well, what do you do that's most exciting for you right now in your life? Instead of saying, what do you do? Can you not say, um, you know, maybe you know what they do. Maybe you already know that yeah, you, all of you work in the same company or the same organization. So asking what do you do is kind of strange. You could say, you know, outside of this, this business or outside of this company, is there something you do on the evenings, on the weekends that gives you a lot of passion? Or do you have any side projects that's most exciting? Or I'm really, really curious and be honest with me. Do you have a side project that's actually a lot more exciting than your current job? Asking someone something like that, like it, it's just, people will be a little bit of in a shock. Did you just say that to me? And people could say, well, no, I don't actually have a, any side projects, but I'm really excited about setting something up because you know my job with XYZ company where I'm a consultant is not as exciting as it should be. Suddenly they open up their hearts and they tell you more. Asking people what sort of passion projects they're currently involved in is asking them, what do you do in a different way? Asking them, what are you currently focused on that gives you most energy to wake up on a Monday morning? Is, is, is the exact same question as what do you do? But I've just asked you this question in a completely different way. So there isn't one way. And ladies and gentlemen, I, you know, yeah, I've written a lot of these questions, places, and yeah, you can go on Google and you can listen to what I said, or you can, you know, top 10 icebreaker questions and you can read them. But it's more about the mindset that you're in. It's more about the feelings that you have. It's more about, do I want to tell this person what I do? Or do I want to connect with this person right now? And if you want to connect with this person right now, then you don't want to tell them just what you do. You want to tell them who you are, which is much more powerful than finding out what they do. Excellent. And like, I mean, you're a very positive guy, but one thing that you said, and I loved it, I actually wrote it down. It was like, I'm a very positive guy. And if I'm not positive, I watch a YouTube video and then I become positive. And it's like basically bringing your A game to the, the table and your, you know, your emotions as well. Because sometimes people don't do that. They they go in a kind of negative format or uh, I, I want, I want. And you can see it. Like I, I say, sometimes I see people, they, they're like, with especially when there was more business cards, they were like a blackjack dealer. You know, that was their thing. Here's the card. <laughs> next guy, next yeah, guy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. It, you know, when, when people show up at events and give me their business card before they start a conversation, I'll always say to them, why are you giving me your card? Please take it back. Tell me a little bit more about yourself before. And, you know, let me want your card. Keep your cards as a scarce asset. Don't give it to everyone. Give it to people who want it. Otherwise, they're just going to throw it out. You know, you know what I did with business cards at one point? I ended up throwing them in the big vase at home. Now I have systems for them on how they make sure to connect with people. And I don't even do it myself. My team does it. I call them networking angels. But what you said about bringing your A game, and this is so important to your listeners because it's not about watching just a video. If you've had a really bad day, don't go networking. Take time for yourself. 
Go watch a movie. Take time to be back. Be alone. Go eat. Don't don't come with your negative energy from the office. So if you just got into a massive fight with your girlfriend, don't just suddenly think, "Oh, I'm gonna just switch up and go networking and be all positive." It doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. You know, time is emotions. If you've just spent an hour or five hours at the office not having positive energies, you can't just suddenly switch it unless you practice, unless it's a muscle, unless you've learned how to meditate for a few minutes. One of my tricks as an introvert is sometimes I go to an event and I, and if I just had like a bad meeting or something happened and if I'm not in the best mood, I had a crazy conversation with my mom maybe, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll literally wash my hands for five minutes. Wash your hands for five minutes. Like literally under the water. Water is very cleansing. Water is, is, is I'm not going to get into that, but you know, we're made up of mostly water and water is very, very powerful. And water is a very beautiful way of how, I'm not going to get into that part of networking. It's very, very deep. It's very beautiful, but water can do a lot for us. Um, go and have, you know, glass of water and chug it all and drink that. Um, sometimes watching a little funny video can, you know, it can just get you smiling. It's great. Reading an, reading an inspiring poem does it. Every single morning, or at least 90%, 95% of my mornings, I will go on YouTube and type morning motivation videos. Morning motivation videos and watch five, 10 minutes of that. You don't have to watch it. You can just watch and listen to it while you're brushing your teeth. I literally have morning motivation videos while I'm taking a shower in the morning. And it's amazing how it changes your state of mind. And suddenly you are ready to conquer the day because networking, ladies and gentlemen, is not just for business. You network with your family, you network with your team, you network with everyone around you. And you're taking that network with you along the day. So make sure you use your superpowers, your networking abilities to give back, to build a speaking career, to build a coaching career, to cross-pollinate like introductions. I, I teach every one of my clients how to make beautiful introductions of other people. Why? Because I want to teach other people how to introduce myself. Excellent. Listen, Gil, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You've given gold today. You might let people know. How can they get in contact with you? What's, where's websites? What's the best place to find you? So, you know, it, it, it's very, very easy. If they truly want to get in touch with me, there's only one Gil Petersil and on Google. Yeah, one Gil Petersil on Google, on Instagram, on, on LinkedIn. GilPetersil.com will give you. It's a brand new website of mine. Please give me some feedback on the website. I'd love to take any feedback and criticism of what we've done with the website. If you think I should improve it, tell me. If you thought that today was useful for you, give me a recommendation on LinkedIn. Don't just connect on LinkedIn. Don't just follow me on Instagram, but send me a message. Tell me, hey, I met you on this podcast. It was great. I appreciate something. Ask me a question. And one of the greatest moments in my life is when I read a message from someone of appreciation and within, that, within those words, they ask me for help. I love that, ladies and gentlemen, so much. And I think it's one of the greatest powers that we've been given as humans to be angels for each other. So if you raise up your hand and you ask me for help, you're, you're going to know it's me because I'll end up leaving you a one-minute voice message. Again, one minute and is, is so powerful how I could change someone's life. So feel free to reach out to me, ask for help, offer me your help if I can do something together with you. I believe in strategic partnerships. I believe in cross-pollination. And, you know, I want to get my message to the world. I want to do more podcasts. If you have a podcast, you want me to, you want to interview me, let's make some magic happen together. Excellent. And I'll make sure I put the links both on the audio and the video. And people can actually leave a voice message on the video. And if they do that for you, I will forward that on to you as well. So that you know everybody Beautiful. is listening. Yeah.
Okay, so that's brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, brother. So that's all for the Speaking Podcast. As mentioned, you find us on BitChute and YouTube. And I'm a podcasting coach. As I said at the start, you'll find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. Sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating. Really helps. Until next week, take care.